Alright, you already know who it is. Big Twan Tucker, the man that stays woke. A 300-pound athlete. Now support my boy with Wrestle Cheers. Stop playing. Enjoy. Subscribe. You already know what it is. Stop playing with him. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if your flight gets canceled. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a review episode of Absolution 14. I'm your host. I am Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Training Topics Network, Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email if you so choose to desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.com. Net. Like I said, this is a review episode of Absolution 14. And this week, we got we, we got a little bit more than last week. We're going to kind of make up for it. First off, we have, well, returning, we have Stacy. Hey, man. How's it going? Another another review episode with you. Yeah, it seems like we just did this it, yesterday. It does. It's These review episodes just come up like that, and it's just crazy. Yeah. How about that? We also have Charlie. How's it going, man? How's it going? Uh fun day <laughs> and we have returning from god i don't know when the last time he was on the show we have ed yo it's been a, it's been a minute it's been a while sure like you and pat are now rarities on the show yeah uh I, I yeah i guess it has been a while like i think the last time i was on was with pat yeah we had a like a pod van dam style episode basically with talking about aiw so I said some pretty greasy shit. Is that <laughs> you might have? Uh, there might have been. I don't even know. There could have been some hog talk in there. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, we got Absolution fourteen to talk about, and what a fucking night, guys! Like I love Absolution as a whole. Like I think Absolution is a show that delivers every single fucking year, and this year was no different. How'd you guys feel about the night as a whole? I'll start with Stacy. Oh man, it was great. It was top five aiw shows i've ever attended uh the crowd was crazy the matches were amazing it was real good how about you butters man the show itself was amazing uh the crowd uh i got stuck behind the cock cutter guy or in front of him so i had to listen to him for the majority (laughs) of the show and him and like three drunk girls that decided that Dom needed to be set on fire no matter what happened at the end of the match <laughs> and demanded like people use chairs, even though it wasn't a hardcore match. It was the it was pretty miserable, but the wrestling outweighed all that. And it was it was a good time, man. You were were you were you seated or standing? I I stood for a lot of it because uh, why didn't Justin, you move? 
Well, I was sta- I had seats, but like I was standing for like you know watching stuff, and then like we'd sit because I had my girlfriend with me, or I would have just moved. But right, I was gonna say I thought I, if, I was gonna say if you were just standing, man, fucking move, my god. I, I would have. I probably would have came over by you, but no, this was yeah, it was it was pretty rough. How'd but they feel? calmed they calmed down, and it 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 was all right. Oh, cock cutter never calmed down. He was going strong still in the last match. <laughs> he after they uh, went into our area during one of the I think it was the I don't know one of them. All of our stuff got destroyed, and uh, he like got pushed way back and was like way in the back. So I didn't hear him anymore, and then. Eddie Kingston told the girls to shut up during his match, and then they shut up for the rest of the show. So props to Eddie Kingston for that. Too bad the match wasn't sooner. <laughs> right. <laughs> How'd you feel about Abso, Ed? Uh, it, it was a pretty great night. There were some emotional highs and some emotional lows, and I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yes. But I feel like it was a different atmosphere because of the Odeon. Like, I really dig being there for AIW, you know what I mean? It's like a perfect fit. It's something about the lights and actually having it to where it's it's dark instead of like, you know, the bright gym lights and everything that made just makes a lot of these AIW shows with it within the audience. That's one thing I I really, really enjoy. It's that 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 next step. So we started off the night with MJF versus Big Twan Tucker. And of course, MJF comes out just talking his regular shit. It basically says if he wins this match. Actually, let's start it the other way. If he loses, he won't ever come back to AIW. But if he wins, Tuan will never come back to AIW ever again. And fuck it, Tuan was pumped coming out. This was great. This was Tuan and his friend. This was even a step up from the week's prior show of Sakimoto Takes Cleveland. How'd you guys feel about this? Start with Ed. Uh, Tuan coming out and being that angry was one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my fucking life. I was very uh, terrified. It made me uncomfortable seeing Tuan be like that. I liked it a lot. Uh, the intensity was there. Big fan of it. Also, uh, MJF fucking sucks. <laughs> it was nice to... <laughs> yeah, uh, that's basically how I feel without getting into the match. Uh, MJF's fucking douche. Uh, <laughs> don't like him. <laughs> and I like Tuan a lot. How about you, <laughs> uh, Stacy? Man, big Tuan. Holy shit. Uh... Like we talked last week uh, about this new intensity with Tuan, it, he turned it up again, and the crowd was fucking insane behind Tuan. Yeah, like the crowd might have been more behind Tuan than maybe anybody else the whole fucking night. It was insane, and dude, how fucking hard did he hit Max? Fucking hard as one shit. One fucking chop was so goddamn hard. It was amazing. It was fucking amazing. What'd you think about it, Charlie? Uh, my voice was gone before the bell rang, and uh, then he got thrown on us. <laughs> that was insane. Uh, yeah, Tuan was uh, over a little bit in, in, in the Odeon. And it was Tuan who won via spear. And of course, MJF grabs the mic. You think he's going he's gonna to say something nice, and no... Instead, he ends it with basically saying, "We'll never, he'll never fucking miss Cleveland, Ohio." So, yo, I didn't think for a single second he would fool me. That man's an asshole, right? <laughs> but, uh, but about Tuan, real quick, uh, I think the only thing he's missing in his game at this point is his gear needs to be shiny and red, like his knee pad. You know what I mean? 
like 1997 cane red. That's a lot of red. Dude, it's so much red, but it's very, it's needed, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, basically, I mean, no more MJF and AIW, which, I mean, this is, we kind of figured was going to happen because of everything going on with MJF and AEW that we won't see see him at least anytime soon. So him being yeah, fine. I, for one, was shocked. <laughs> Man, I'm loving AEW, though. Like, I know they're taking Joey, and that sucks, but they're also taking MJF and Britt Baker, and I ain't got to see either of them again. It's going to be great. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they could like take Dolph's not because I have to watch AEW. I don't want that. Like, never mind. Uh, uh, who else don't you like? Maybe they'll sign Donst. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Let's get Donst. Nah, because Donst at least entertains me. I don't know, man. MJF. I've just I've said it since day one. I've seen a shtick and I've seen other people do it better. And then Britt Baker just bores me to tears and always has. Like <laughs> when they took the stunt you don't like and left you with the one you do. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Logan's gonna shine now, baby. Don't you deathmatch Logan? You just wait for that big Japan run he's got coming. It's gonna be great. Why does everybody gotta be so so mean to Marco? I don't get it. I'm happy for Marco. He's a good guy. I you know I like seeing big guys toss him around. He's good for that. You know what I mean? Like he's really good at that. He's good at getting thrown around, and like you need that on a wrestling show. You need just a little guy getting thrown around sometimes. He's going to do great in AEW. Uh, moving to the next match, we had 40 Acres versus The Production. And this was the one of the top matches I was looking forward to for the night and uh, did not disappoint. Uh, there was kind of an attempt to have a special entrance for The Production. I liked it, but I don't know. I've, I kind of wanted there to be more, but it, it, it was whatever. How'd you guys feel about this match? Start with Charlie. Uh, it was... Uh... It was real fun. It was crazy. It was everything I wanted it to be. Um, Danhausen shined again. The production shined. Everybody shined. Uh, I really like Trey Lamar's new gear. I don't know if it's new, but it was new to me. It reminded me of HPK's gear, so I like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was good stuff. Danhausen used the teeth again, which I was very, very happy about. More, more teeth. Definitely more teeth. Holy shit, more teeth. That was the best that was the fucking best i loved every second of that i guess i've never have i seen him do it before no uh, the only other time he's done it as far as i know it was black label pro me and charlie went to that. yeah so i didn't know yeah that was amazing he can keep doing that forever that's boogeyman worm shit you know what i mean i tell that's the level of awesome that is i love that dude that's an awesome comparison when you made that that, that makes a lot of sense that's wrestling that's what wrestling is. Put <laughs> teeth in another man's mouth and kicking him out. Man, this was like a real like uh, coming out party for the production. Like I said on the, the preview show, not to sleep on this match, that it could be like one of the show stealers. And it fucking was. And like, I, man, I'm real excited to see what the production does from this. This is real good. Teeth are great. I mean, I feel like I've said it before, like the production in this new phase, this new version of them is just so much fun to watch. And I felt like this was a little bit more of a coming out party for them of just showing how they were as a team. And I, I want to see more of it. And they're, they're so, so much fucking fun. Love that. Dan. Any other thoughts on this match? Anybody more teeth? <laughs> Who even won, man? I don't even remember. I was just so stoked on that. T-shirt. <laughs> and for being honest, like you could tell me that the production lost. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Cause I don't even remember the finish. 
that match like lived and died by that T spot for me. Oh, and Derek just getting chucked over the rope onto the floor. I was very concerned for him. <laughs> he's a small, he's a strong boy. You know what I mean? It was a production that won via triple team power driver. Oh, right on. On to teeth, probably. I mean, at a certain point, everything was on to teeth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Next up, we have after this, we it was a match that a lot of us were looking forward to. None other than Chuck Sampson versus Matt Mance Warner in a bunkhouse brawl. Just this is when the carnage officially started for me of just we're going to do crazy shit. We're going to bring out crazy shit. Man, this match for me had it was an interesting moment in my night. I uh, <laughs> so I had hit the vape pen. I don't know, like two or three times, like in the matches before this, and like since the doors had opened, I was feeling okay. I was talking to Josh Goldstein, you know, having a good time. I get the vape pen right before this match starts, and I hit it real hard, real long, and like. It was almost like a low-grade acid trip for this entire match for me. It was great. <laughs> I, w- I was so out of it during this match and just watching Carnage happen and being like, oh, this is wow. This is I fantastic. Just, <laughs> I just figured all of us were trying to add, like, vape smoke into the air to for the ambiance of Old Man's <laughs> entrance. You know? Right, right. I just do my part to help. Special effects. Yeah. Lucas Arts. <laughs> I was I was specially affected. <laughs> but so at the end of this, when Mancer's over by me, I saw it on the replay, and like he's like, "Where are we at?" And I say A I W in a really weird way, and it's because I was genuinely trying to remember how to speak words. <laughs> <laughs> so can we talk about Mancer's like entrance for a second? Because I like. I hate that song, right? And I would never listen to it in real life. I think it's garbage. That I don't know who that band is. I know it's not Skinner, but I know Skinner no, and is. that band are garbage. Uh, but it works so well for Mancer and adds a lot of ambiance to like, that's a fucking entrance. You know what I mean? Like that entrance makes Mance Warder so much cooler than me. What would you suggest his theme be if it wasn't that? That's it. It's per. I know I hate the song, but it's perfect. Like I want to change the things. So wait the two minutes and don't come out. Like because the crowd just builds and builds and like it's awesome. Mancer's got that figured out. Yeah, I don't know what version of that song that is. I don't know. I'd almost rather if he just used the Skinner. Although I'm sure there's a um on you know showing it on the internet. I'm sure there's some sort of rights fee or something that that becomes a problem with. Fuck Skinner, racist turds. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> Tracy Smothers, what? <laughs> Homophobic racist turd. <laughs> it was uh, Mance Warner. DDT uh, Jock threw a pair of doors for the win. Yeah, man. man. Fuck, fuck Duke up, too. That was nice. Yeah, man. The, uh, Mance never got to staple anything to Duke, which was a bummer. We had made that Duke money, uh, which turned out much smaller than I intended it to be. <laughs> it was supposed to be like. You know, like closer to Monopoly size, but not full size. And uh, no, it's pretty small. It was like uh, a racer size, like one of those rectangular racers that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, hopefully there will be another time for Mance to get to staple shit to do, because I feel like that's something that, that we all missed out on. 
That was something that we all could have enjoyed and we didn't get to. Because, well, I mean, who who doesn't want to see Duke get shit stapled to him? I, I feel like that's like a, a universal want. On the bright side, we got to see Duke get beat up twice. Like, pretty big fan of that. They could put that in, like, intermission. Put, let's have multiple times just Duke get the shit kicked out of him. Man, that son of a bitch, Duke. Later uh, we'll get, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm very upset. Let's uh let's get into it now because I don't All have, right. I don't have the the tweets for it. we didn't exactly tweet it out. And, and since it, it does coincide with this match later on in the night, I think this is what like second half. Yeah, yeah, the start of the second half, I think, or right after the four way. Freaking the Duke comes out and brings out his new tag team. The thing is with Duke, he's for years has pretty much ever since Nixon has managed somebody, if not a tag team. And we've had Duke money for a while and different versions of Duke money, but we had a whole new tag team. We have the the Bitcoin boys. And Ed, do you wanna you wanna tell us who's in the Bitcoin boys? Uh that would be uh Malibu Eric Taylor and uh my uh, my uh the podcast Pod Van Dam's adopted son, Mikey, uh millennial. Um yeah, it was very upsetting to see. Uh Mikey sprayed a water bottle in mine and Pat's face, and it was very much like the Simpsons episode where Lisa yells at Ralph Wiggum, and you could see the exact moment my heart breaks. It's like of all the people, like Mikey being uh, a bad guy, I'm fine with. Like, I like a lot of assholes, uh, but Mikey being with the Duke is something I cannot get behind. I don't like it. Um, I don't know what's going through his head. It's just got to be money, right? Very disappointed. And plus, Bitcoin boys, that shows you what a dipshit Duke is. Cryptocurrency, it's 2019. That shit failed. Like, <laughs> first, first he throws away Mance Warner, a great meal ticket for Jock Sampson, and now he's invested in Bitcoin. Like, what an idiot. Terrible businessman. I think that six figures is a lie. <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching the reactions from Thrift Store Jobber all the way down to Stacy was the best i don't even remember i'm pretty sure my jaw was just dropped and i just was sad i wasn't even angry i was just sad that this was happening mikey oh what are you doing very disappointed in you mikey i expected this out of eric taylor not you mikey held you to a higher standard yeah man i thought Derek raised you better <laughs> well it's gonna be interesting now with the uh, the next year of what we see with the bitcoin boys and uh, how much vitriol will be yelled at them and the Duke? Yo, what do you think they, like, talk to Duke about when they hang out with him? <laughs> uh. Like, Jock made sense. Like, they probably sit around and they spout their MAGA bullshit. And, but, like, <laughs> I don't I don't know what Mikey's talking to the Duke about. Comic-Con? Yeah, I guess. But even then, like, do you think they're going to the same things at Comic-Con? Uh, no. Yeah, no way, man. What what things are uh, Mikey and Eric going to Comic-Con for? Mikey and Eric seem like people that'd be there for, uh, like, current cartoons or, like, newer ones. Like, Adventure like adventure Time, Steven Universe, maybe some Phineas and Ferb. I don't know what the fuck Duke's there for. Probably to fucking look at cosplay girls and be creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's that dude, fuck, can I get a picture of cosplay? <laughs> Trust me, I've seen this dude a lot. Not not Duke specifically, but can I get a picture of your cosplay, dude? And it's real weird how they only want pictures of the girls that are half naked. 
that ever want a picture of Terry Funk in his Aku cosplay. Never, not one time. (laughs) (laughs) But didn't Bunkhouse Buck? Yeah, he came out and beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, Bunkhouse Buck. Hell yeah, and he did it for Chandler Biggins, and I dig that. I like that a lot. I thought that was one of the coolest moments of Absolution. If there's anything Biggins would love in life, it would have been Bunkhouse Buck beating the shit out of the Duke. I'll say this, though. Even even in my section, which was not, you know, like it had people who kind of know what's up. It took a minute for all of us to realize that was Bunkhouse Buck because Buck ain't looking so good. Uh, yeah. I Buck, was, Buck's looking a little rough. I was sitting beside uh, AIW fan Marissa and she was just like, who's that? I'm like, I'm like, that's Bunkhouse Buck. She's like, when was he around? And I'm like, eh, early 90s WCW. He had, a, he had a run in AIW, though. Yeah. yeah well, that was, the, uh, that was the other part. I, I even asked him, like, when did you come around? And I think she said, like, 2018. Oh, so I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. like, you you missed out on the, the Bunkhouse Buck era. So, like, you you didn't know him from that. And you don't know him from WCW. So that's fine. Say, that she means. missed out on Biggins booking everyone from Continental. And- <laughs> Whenever... Bunkhouse Buck mentioned Biggins and, you know, being uh, friends with him and all this stuff. I I just got recalled back to listening to the AIW podcast back then. And the whole thing of, like, whenever Biggins would talk to, like, a legend like Bunkhouse Buck or, like, um, maybe, like, Terry Funk, it was always, like, yes, sir, no, sir. Like, that kind of uh, respect towards them. Like, that that's all I could hear was just how Biggins would, would speak to them and it kind of warm my heart. And then the fact that we got to remember, like, a, a little piece of Biggins here, what, like, uh, two years later. And it, yeah. it, it's still something cool if, when it gets mentioned up. I think they should do that every year. Book a Biggins spot, man. Like, next year, bring in, like, Robert Fuller. Like, bring in somebody that, like, Biggins would dig and have them beat the shit out of the Duke. <laughs> yeah. That that's a tradition I can get behind. That's that's Absolution's new Pete Rose Kane. You know what I mean? Like that's their version. Is a legend that Biggins loved beating the shit out of the Duke. I like it. That's great. Duke, what'd you do to my boy? You brainwashed my boy, Duke. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, going going back to the order of the matches, we had Tim Donst versus Dominic Greeny in a submit or surrender match, and. This was one of those matches that started off really quick. Don's came out, and then fucking Dom just comes running up, just whooping ass. So this started off really fucking quick. And th- this was also the, the debut of uh, the way uh, Thurstor Jobber put it, the, the table, which was a door table. A door with legs from a table. If we're, if we're being honest, uh, Dom saved... Tim Don's from a bigger ass whooping, messing with Arthur MacArthur like that. That's a very strong boy. Could have popped Tim Don's head off like a chair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Him Man, and you said you said table, but I remember the crowd chanting table door, which sounds like an obscure Harry Potter character. <laughs> <laughs> table door is my favorite DIY band. <laughs> Ironically, my girlfriend was like, "Why are they chanting Dumbledore?" And I'm like, "That's not what they're chanting." I was like. Why would they be chanting a wizard at wrestling? She's like, I don't know. Stranger things have happened. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Never mind. I, I call it the table because there was a retweet that from Thrift Store Jobber during this match. And it, it says the innovation from AIW, the table, and it's the door table. It was all cycling, man. I dig that. You know what I mean? Dom's helping save the earth. Man, it was also the introduction of the two goddamn thick plywood. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stacy, like you, you tweeted out that video. I have one too, but it was in slow mo. I'm like, oh, it's kind of nasty. Like I'm right in front of it, and instead of going straight through, fuck, it looked like it was even wasn't even close to the center. It was a little more closer to the railing, and fucking just bounced to watch Dante head just bounce, and they fall over right in front of me. Dude, when when that piece of plywood got pulled out, uh, the Goldsteins and their friends were all like, well, "That's pretty thick." <laughs> like that looks like that looks like that might be like inch thick plywood. I don't I don't think that's a good idea. I, like it was not a good idea. <laughs> the finish though to this match was I was I was a pretty big fan of like Tim Don's just quitting because he's a pussy. Big yeah, fan of that. man, I like that a lot. Yeah, I even booed Tim Don's a little bit, and that's unheard of. Yeah, what a puss! What an asshole! He didn't want stabbed in the head. What a what a prick to deny us of that. When yeah. Don's just pulling stuff out. He uh, got some duct tape out, and Justin went insane and kept telling him to fix his boots. <laughs> hey, did anybody... I don't know if anybody watches uh, a lot of ESPN here, but on uh, Dan Levitard's show, they were showing clips from like a TLC show called like Thrifty People or whatever it's about. People don't spend a lot of money. And this one was a, a British wrestler. And he fucking duct tapes his boots up instead because all the eyelets are ripped out, so he can't lace them. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Tim Donst. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not the only one. That's crazy. Yeah. So. This, match, th- this match was pretty brutal, though. I mean, we're kind of glossing over it, but there was a whole lot of just fucking insane shit that went down in this match. All the more reason Don- for people to go on Fight TV or Smart Mark Video and pick it up. Hell yeah. Don was ready to die. Yeah. Light me on fire, motherfucker. I like that. Called his blood. The drunk girls in the crowd were all about it. (laughs) (laughs) After the match was over, they still wanted to see him. They're like, I don't care who it is. Somebody get caught on fire. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Man, you can talk about deathmatch ghouls all you want to, but wanting to see a man lit on fire is a whole different level of that shit. (laughs) I like to think that Don would have done the uh, like the Shadow MX thing, like from Big Japan, where he lights himself on fire and then the fire doesn't go out and he runs into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Straight at Justin. <laughs> well, hopefully not me. Hopefully another Justin in the crowd. Uh, uh, he was he was probably on his way to the airport by then. Steve Harvey was getting Actually. on a connecting flight to Houston. <laughs> Actually, he was behind me as well, yelling that uh, he couldn't see over the front row. Yo, real talk, that's not why I'm talking about a lot of this match. I got off to Pistering and couldn't get back, and I missed a lot of it. Like, I was there, um, I just couldn't, yeah, I couldn't really see. So, like, the plywood thing, I didn't know it was that thick of wood. I just, I knew what they were doing, I just didn't. Yeah, it was real thick. So I'll have to buy it on Fight TV and go watch this. Fuck yeah, infinite replays. Hell Yeah. Like we said, uh, it was Dominic Greeny who won the Submitter Surrender match. Also, I, uh, I I jumped over a match. My apologies. But this is kind of good right before the intermission. Uh, Hornswoggle comes out, and at this point, we know, according to Twitter, that Joey Janelle, unfortunately, was not going to be able to make it. Uh, his flight got canceled or something. I've heard different stories. What was it supposed to be like he got kicked off? Was he kicked off a flight and then got canceled or something? I don't know. What, what happened? Are you uh, asking what happened? Kind of. Uh, he was on a flight that he boarded and they had to, they were, he said he was stuck on the airplane for like two hours and then they canceled the flight. Okay. Someone tried to tell me that like, not necessarily he got kicked off like his fault. It was just more like, oh, someone else has to take these. That's what someone told me, but 
that's what I thought it was. Like they waited and then they're like, now we're getting off. Yeah. That's, like, that sounds exactly like how telephone works where someone hears a story and then completely changes it, but it's still kind of close to what the real story is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like Janella, Janella said, if he would have known that it was going to be that long, one, he would have just taken a car and drove like, yeah. So basically what happened was after they sat there for that long, got off the flight, they canceled the flight. He was trying to get another flight and he was in standby, but they gave the flight to two other older people because okay. there's a possibility he could have got another flight and Fucking still made old it. people, man. Ruined and this, this old couple took it instead of him. So, yeah, that's so there is some truth there to that. Yes, that's for- the full story. First they ruin our country and then they ruin absolution. I fucking hate old people. <laughs> fucking boomers. Ipso facto, it's the dude. Fuck the dude. Fuck the dude. So he's almost a boomer. So Hornswoggle comes out, and also too, like a bunch of white claw weapons come out of uh, like cans on the uh, was on a table, a chair, yeah. a chair, a chair, and all all these other weapons. So it's like okay, Hornswoggle's here. Also throws out white claw. Oh yeah. To the crowd. I almost fucking caught one. Uh, then it fell back a couple rows. But so now the big question was, who who the fuck's taking Janela's place? Out comes John fucking Thorne. Place goes fucking nuts. And perfect. Fucking. If you're going to have anybody go up against Swaggle, make it Thorne. I mean, make it. Uh, yeah, go, make it Thorne. Just fucking awesome. What? OK, what was the deal with the really nice camera? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I do. There, yeah. Was the documentary or something being filmed? I okay. It, Jordan, John tweeted that out earlier in the day. It's almost as if somebody let that guy know to have that camera over pointed at our section because it didn't leave that that camera angle didn't leave me and Pat during the entire entrance <laughs> of John Thorne coming out. And it's like they told him like. Find the guy with the long hair surrounded by vape smoke because he's going to lose his shit. <laughs> Pat said, though, he's like, there was only one song that would have hit that would have made him happy with Janelle being gone, and that was the one. And John Thorne is, I don't I don't know, like, uh, kind of beat the shit out of Hornswoggle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, man. Coming from somebody who's been punched by John Thorne, it's not pleasant. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I felt bad for the guy. He still wants to know what your fucking deal is. Yeah, man, I do too. Apparently, Wealth <laughs> has it figured out. Wealth told me WrestleMania weekend he figured out my deal the minute he saw my lip ring. Um, I don't know what that means, but Wealth has been figured out. So I guess Thorne get a hold of Josh Wealth. He knows. Um, but uh, yeah, that this totally unexpected. Uh, it started off really awesome too, where they just started throwing live rounds at each other's heads. <laughs> yeah, dude, that milk crate box thing. Yes. Oh my god. Which that was uh, how it ended. It was Hornswoggle one via Spinebuster through Caden has it down as a corn crate. Okay. Yeah, that's what I called it. Okay, crate a crate nonetheless. And if I'm correct, the Legos on it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that when Thorn was looking for weapons under the ring, he glossed by that chair with the cut up white claw cans on it, and Pat let him know to go right the fuck back to that and grab that chair. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of White Claws, though, has anybody had them? Because I'm sober living boy at the moment. And uh, are they as good as people make them out to be? Or is this just like a, is this a meme? Man, I guess it depends on what you like. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, man. I had the, the raspberry and it was, it was okay. Like, I like flavored water, carbonated flavored water, but I'm not a huge fan of like certain seltzer water. So it, it was, it was better than I thought it was, but it wasn't 
that great, but that's just that flavor. Everybody's telling me though the the cherry is the one to get. So yeah, the black cherry is is the best flavor of all of them. So so that's the yes. one that I want to try. I, this I is the exact know, same way that people describe Lacroix. So I'm picturing like it's probably just Lacroix, right? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the best description, the most accurate description I've heard is it tastes like if you could drink TV static. Um, <laughs> it's whatever. They're little hundred calorie gimmick drinks. And I, uh, I'm fat. I'll just drink when I'm good. I think that's the big deal behind it. That's why like a lot of wrestlers are getting to because it it's less fucking calories. So I, I get it. Yeah, I, I, I like whiskey. So I'm not like White Claw was never going to be like the thing. Like if I'm going to drink something, I it doesn't need to taste like fruity or Benny. I mean, it, whiskey, beer, I'm good. I don't nah, not It's not for me. I'm more of a beer guy, but always just depends on my mood. So like, well, I don't think I'll be a person that gets a lot of it. I just want to try it. When Zima came back out, I didn't. I've never had Zima, so I wanted to try it, and I was like, "All right, that was that's good enough for me. Like, I'm done." Did you at least put Jolly Ranchers in it when you tried it? No, I just tried it regularly because that yeah, was the thing man. with those. That's so weird that like people didn't know that when they brought Zima back. I saw people just drinking straight Zima. I'm like, no, you got to throw like a Jolly Rancher in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the man. '90s, brother. I too had White Trash family that that drank those and did those things. <laughs> I was a child and I saw these things. I remember these things. <laughs> in and high like, school, we had a kid that that's all he drank was Zimas. And it wasn't like a pussy kid, man. He's a real tough dude. He just really liked the taste of Zimas. <laughs> it's super weird. Not that people drink in high school. No one did that. Uh, like that Stacey Carmack <laughs> back there. there. There's I've watched the evolution of those kind of drinks throughout my uh, adulthood. Like it went from the Zima to like Bacardi Silvers were a big thing for a while. Uh, and, you know, on and on. So now we have these White Claw things. And now people are trying to make, like, uh, like fake Four Locos out of them. Like, using <laughs> that fucking Bang shit and mixing it with White Claw. Don't buy Bang, anyone. Don't buy Bang. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Bang's bad. They give money to awful people. <laughs> Politics Van Damme, as Josh Goldstein would say. <laughs> Yeah, politics fan damn sounds sounds about right. <laughs> I got something to ask you about Ed off the air, uh, about the politics thing. All right on. Well, after that match we had the the Donston Greeny match, and then we went to an intermission. So we'll be right back right after this. This is Ben. And this is Zach. We are uh, the hosts of Center Stage Podcast, uh, a podcast that I think you should listen to. It's fun. It's full of wrestling and movie talk and pop culture and us weirdos just going off about all of it. We go off the rails so often that this advertisement is about to go off the rails. We probably should have sat down and scripted it. I mean, scripting is for is for people that, you know, care about what it sounds like and if they sound like rational human beings. We're not those people. That's right. We could die tomorrow, but we're not that lucky. No, we are not. All right. So um, we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We're on Spreaker. We're on Google Play. So give us a listen. Um, continue to listen to Wrestling Cheers. Wrestling Cheers is fantastic and Justin is a great dude. But when you're done with that, when you want to fill the void in your life without you know the sadness that takes over your mind, heart, and soul, listen to Center Stage. Because we'll add to it. Yes, we will. We're, we're horrible human beings. But we love you. Love you long time. And coming back out from intermission, we had 
Uh, unknown scramble match, not uh, unannounced. KTB versus Lewis Linden versus Lee Moriarty versus the return of Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, it was. I really like Wheeler Yuta. Dude, it's just so weird because I was just saying that week, like, where the hell is Wheeler Yuta, man? Germany. Yeah. Um, Jonah was at uh, Absolution with us, and he – I had never seen Wheeler Yuta before, I don't think. And he just kept commenting about what a beautiful boy Wheeler Yuta is and how handsome <laughs> that man is. But we can't forget KTB. Where's From he live? He never, nobody ever says where he's <laughs> <laughs> from. The woods, man. He just that's up the woods. That's what I said. Okay, so the GCW backyard show. Somebody's like, I think that's at KTB's house. I was like, No, you dipshit. KTB lives in the woods. Hell's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you? Carries all his stuff in a little uh, satchel on a stick, <laughs> made out of deer pelt. <laughs> I think he's like the. He's like the drifter from that Dennis the Menace live action movie in the 90s. <laughs> He's eating beans and shit out of it. <laughs> Underneath the bridge, yeah. <laughs> Man, and good on, good on Lee Moriarty for getting in on this match, too. Like, Lee Moriarty got to be on an absolution. That's real good. Hell yeah. Lee Moriarty, if you're listening, I want you to wrestle in that mask. And it's not that you're not an attractive guy. It's that that mask is too cool to take off after an entrance. Right. And we so, need to get him promoted by Wu-Tang so he can start coming out with the Taiga style from Wu-Tang at the beginning. Somebody needs to do an angle where you disfigure his face. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to wrestle in that Tiger mask. That Tiger mask is sweet, man. Man, you know who else has a Tiger mask? Tiger uh, mask. That's <laughs> true. But also... But, uh, a, a feline mask. There's this wrestler, uh, Felino Blanco. <laughs> yeah. He's real. He's real good, man. If he would have been in that match instead of, you know... Because, I mean, Lewis Linden was there. Yeah. he uh, He's on another absolution now. Um, but Felino Blanco, that guy's great. Um, <laughs> would have been... Boy, if he would have been on the show, I would have... He's an old wrestling, right? Summers, yeah. Have heard, Summers, have you heard of old wrestling? If, if you're do, doing this as a great segue of something I was going to say of, of speaking of old wrestling, uh, hey. the, old, the old wrestling extravaganza is being sponsored by Wrestling Cheers in the match that we're sponsoring and... Uh, peek behind the curtain i did not pick out it was picked out by old wrestling but it it was perfect i would have probably picked that anyway danhausen versus symbol monkey oh wow that's a good match i'm I'm very excited for that match and i am uh another peek behind the curtain i don't normally do this but i'm working on interviews with them that day this is going to be the first uh, ever extravaganza that I'm going to miss, and I'm kind of upset about it. Why is there? I think I'm going to miss it too, and I'm bummed. What? I said, is there a con that day? No, I actually uh, the my girlfriend wants to go to Columbus to go to the Muppets exhibit because she at Kosai, uh, and she didn't know of my love of the Muppets. She's just like, I really like Labyrinth, and I want to go. Was this something you want to do? And I said, Fuck yeah, it's something I want to do. And that's like one of the only days we can get it done because of work stuff. So I'm going to go look at some Muppets, you know. So are you going to be a rager? Oh, I'll be a rager for sure, yeah. This That'll be my first rager, though. I'm very excited. About fucking time. Same. same. I'm excited, too. MatsuriCon is not on the same weekend as Wrestle Rager this year. If it was the same day, would you? which would you go into? Rager. I, the whole time I was at MatsuriCon last year, that's what I kept saying. It's like, this is fun, but fuck, man. <laughs> I miss the light tubes. Speaking of light tubes, next match was Sack Thomas. Versus Nick fucking Gage. No light tubes were used, but deathmatch and all that shit, so yeah. 
barbed did Zach, wire. Did Zach Thomas ask Taz if he could use his music in colors? Because uh, that little turd gets very angry if you don't ask him. And he wants you to ask him, but he's going to tell you no. But he, but he also well, you wants need, you to ask. You need to be respectful. Yeah. Fuck Taz. <laughs> did Taz use that theme? Or yeah, just yeah, that was yeah, Taz. Yeah, Well, yeah. I... I knew that, like, they did the, there's the version of Taz's theme that's basically War Machine, but I didn't know prior to that if that's what they used. Well, you've yep. never really seen ECW not on the network, right, Summers? Uh, no. Yeah, that's why. All the music's fucked on the network. Like, to the point where I have a hard time watching it. Like, I love that all the ECW shit's on there and I can go back and see it, but the music being changed just is the goddamn worst. Especially New Jack matches when they just keep that terrible version <laughs> of Natural Born Killers playing for like yeah. eight minutes. But like for some of them, they at least try to make it something similar. And others, it's just like whatever fucking rights free music or whatever bullshit like Jim Johnston had laying around that they were like, oh, use this thing. It'll be fine. Fuck it. Nobody cares. Figured no, they look. just kept some guy in a room for hours and hours doing that. So he probably at some point stopped caring. Whatever. Yo, Zach Thomas got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was awesome. Went for that dive and ate that fucking chair. <laughs> man, Good everybody off. loves Nick Gage. Yeah, man. Uh, he's definitely my favorite felon. <laughs> you know what three-man tag team I want to see? Nick Gage with PME. They're kind of <laughs> they're ki- they're kind of opposites, but you're talking about like kind three- of fever dream shit is that? They're, those three men are loved by AIW. Like, if you find yep. find a reason to put them together, one match, fuck yeah. Do you think they could get them to dance? <laughs> yep, I bet they could. I bet they could. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Some good vibes, man. They could, they could happen. I kind of want this now. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see it happen. Maybe, maybe Wrestle Rager, man. Maybe we can have them as a, a three man team at Rager. Yo, I don't remember Zach Thomas getting like barely any offense in, in this match. Am I remembering this right? Or I yeah, think uh, very little. Yeah, was I was about to say, I, was about to say I think he did, but it was just very little. He had some hope spots. He hit that spirit bomb on some chairs, but it was Nick Gage that won via a power driver into a carpet strip barbed wire box. What do you do with Gage now though, man? He's ran through everybody. <sighs> Giving people to hate and then beat up with uh, you know, uh, weapons. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's pretty easy to book, right? Like, yeah. Oh, you have. To, oh, who does Nick Gage beat up now? Um, whoever's dumb enough, like I guess. Is, oh, oh, has you're he, dumb enough to start shit with Nick Gage, and now he fights you. Has he what? faced Tom Waller before? Yeah. 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 Like I said, all the bigger names he's uh, he's kicked the shit out of. I guess all that's left is Duke, right? <laughs> oh. Maybe maybe that'll be the absolution spot. You don't bring in someone old. You just bring in Nick Gage and go, boom, that was for fucking Biggins. I'm out. Don't you touch a hair on Mikey's head, though, Nick Gage. <laughs> oh, you know, have we got Josh Bishop versus Nick Gage yet? Not. Oh. Uh, no, maybe maybe in Jaylet in a four-way. But, or, like, no, not even then, probably, right? Hard telling. I know not in a singles match for sure. So there's one. Fucking Caden not being here. He could tell us. I feel like we have, but I... I don't think it was one on one. I mean, technically, well, well, technically, they had been in. They were in the match. Fucking uh, Sakimoto takes Cleveland. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but, but never, but, yeah, but never one. I don't think it's been one on one. 
Because I think ever since we've gotten this more, no pun intended, intense Joshua Bishop, they haven't crossed paths. Minus that match. He's vicious, man. Not intense. He's vicious. Dude, I think I think another match that could be fucking crazy is AJ Gray versus Nick Gage. That was pretty good during Jaylet. They they went pretty hard during that. Yeah. Let that be like a full and, get yeah. get AJ to oh. do like a full death match. Come on, man. Oh, oh, right there. That would be the perfect six man tag match. Forty, 40 acres, acres versus Nick Gage. Gage. And Nick yeah. Gage. yeah. I don't, uh, guys. I'm a little uneasy about watching an ex-con beat up three African American men in a group named Forty Acres. You know what I mean? That makes me a little uneasy. That name makes me uneasy. I didn't get into it. I just remembered it now. I've said that multiple times. That name makes me super uneasy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I don't. I don't want to call them that. It makes me feel weird. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. None of them seem to have an issue with it. They do, they don't, and I know I, it's only me and my weirdness. But I'm just like, ooh, that just hits the ear wrong, man. I don't know. Which is why it's good. Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. I dig it. Like, <laughs> I guess that's the point. But it's makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, at least you're not protesting that they need to change your name because you're uncomfortable. So yeah, it's- no, <laughs> if they're cool with it, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Who the hell am I, man? <laughs> Nobody what... tell Nick Gage this, though, man. I don't want everyone <laughs> him to ever know I've criticized anything he does. Don't tell him about this. Don't tell him about the fucking puppet joke. Don't tell him. Nobody <laughs> tell him nothing. Nobody ever yeah. talk about me to Nick Gage. Well, well, if you, if you don't listen to to these episodes, he's going to find out where you live and he's going to murder you and your family. You <laughs> think Nick Gage can work a podcast app? That's a real question. <laughs> Oh shit, <laughs> man! I gotta, t- like that? I gotta damn, tell you, I gotta tell you, you're worried about him finding out about the fucking puppet. <laughs> I would be <laughs> real worried about him hearing that. It's not like an, it's not like a, a, I'm not talking about his intelligence level. It just doesn't seem like pot, listening to podcast is the thing Nick Gage does. <laughs> I mean, he nope. might not, but that's that's a that's a good rewording. <laughs> I like where you went with that. You fucking cop callers, <laughs> nobody tell them. Because you you dark on me, and I'll turn it around on you, and I'll say fuck what a cop you are. And I'm, hey man, I, I'm already Dude, hiding I'm out. No, from I'm him. no fucking cop caller. I'm already hiding out from him. I, I talked about this picture where his fly was down with Marco Stunt's mom and dad. So, oh god. I tagged you with that and asked you why you didn't talk about it. Now I think I know. Oh yeah, I ain't, we're ain't trying to piss Nick Gage off. We're MDK gang affiliated. It's the only thing that's protecting us at this point. We say I a wasn't lot of trying to up piss shit. him off either. I just thought it was funny that his fly was down. Like, what was she doing with him before that picture was taken? Yo, that's who I should get to unblock me. Like, get two hundred five to unblock me is Nick Gage. <laughs> <laughs> we're gang affiliated. They replied back, we're sorry we didn't know that you were affiliated with the cage. We send our deepest apologies. Our our bad fam gang gang. (laughs) Just tweet WWE social media like, yo, we're gang affiliated. And that guy would be like, oh, God, I fucked up. (laughs) MDK, my bad. Please do it. Please tweet that for the Pod Van Dam account. (laughs) Just throw it out there at WWE. Just do it. Going going back to the card, we had uh, another highly anticipated match of the night: PME versus Two Infinity and Beyond for the AIW Tag Team Championships. And this this is my contender for one of two matches of the night. And I think 
everybody had the same feeling that uh, PME was going to win. Ed is the only one that wanted um, PME to possibly lose just to see the, the riot that would ensue. But I I also thought there was a good chance of it happening because John Thorne likes to watch the world burn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like part of me thought like I was pretty sure they weren't going to lose. But then part of me was like, nah, man, like PME could win this. Like, oh, man, no Janela. You think maybe if Janela had been there, it might have went the other way? <laughs> no, I think there was <laughs> only one way this was going. But I don't know, man. That would have been nuts. Dude, so how good is it that Cheech finally gave Pat the fucking shirt? I was, oh, yeah. I was going to get to that post-match because I know besides the Pod Van Dam account on Instagram, like I took some pictures right beside it. And uh, that was that was really cool to see. He's been shamed into doing the right thing. I'm I'm happy. Yo, I didn't know that that shirt was like a pretty sought after shirt. You know what I mean? Like I know yeah. by Pat, I know by Pat personally, but I mean like by t-shirt collectors. Like I looked that up on eBay. Like that's Cheech is a very good man. Like I'll just say that. Cheech is a very good guy. Colin, not so much. He did a top rope tombstone on the fucking Marino. <laughs> also speaking of uh ECW shirts, Josh Goldstein before the show gave Matt Justice a 1994 Sandman shirt that he said he bought out of Sandman's car and this Fuck thing, yeah this thing is uh been through it's been through shit it's uh, it's very thin it reminded me of a Brooklyn Brawler type shirt like it was, <laughs> it was a white shirt and just that thin and uh he got to give that to Matt Justice before the show, and that was uh, another uh, – we had, like, before and after the show, uh, ECW shirt swaps. So uh, I don't want to say that Josh Goldstein is a liar, but he's probably mistaken. There's no way he bought that out of Sandman's car because there's no way Sandman can drive a car. Like, they had to take his license by that point, right? <laughs> Why as deep is he in 94? Man, do you think he cared? <laughs> no, never mind. Have you, have, you ever known dudes, have you ever known dudes with, like, eight DUIs? They still drive. <laughs> Probably especially back in 1994. Yeah. So uh, luckily, PME won, though, because we had those confetti cannons ready. Yeah. Yeah, How that good was, was cool. That? that was great. Uh, Dustin Alberti did not think it was so great. He, <laughs> 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 he was pretty heated. Um, <laughs> uh, dude, so like earlier in the night, Papa Pepperoni came over to me and he was like, hey, man, if they win, is it cool if I come over in this corner and have a beer bash? And I was like, yeah, I don't I don't care. Um, but he didn't come like in front of me. He went in front of other people <laughs> who, who I don't know if they were real cool with it or not. But the shit happened and it was awesome. Just really proud of the PME boys. I get it. Yeah. The match was really good. That yes. match was very, very, very good. Yeah, that was that was really, really nice. Man, that that, that top was it middle or top rope? Either way, that tombstone spot was a butthole clencher. You know what I mean? I wasn't comfortable till I saw Marino move after. Like, Man, here's the thing. These guys, these two teams, and the past year have had the two best tag team matches I've seen this year. That's oh, yeah. saying something. The thing that I, I loved about this match is it was the, the thought that PME was going to win, but they gave us a lot of great false finishes to where you mm -hmm. thought, it, like PME was going to win early. Then, then like next thing you know, you think it's going to be to infinity and beyond. Just nice back and forth, back and forth. And when it finally happened, PME won via Sunset Dreams, and it 
the place went nuts. Like, I got a, a couple videos of some of the false finishes and the actual finish. And the cool thing about the actual finish is people were more uh, on their feet figuring out that this had to be it. And the, the place went fucking nuts. And rightfully so, PME is your new AIW Tag Team Champions. And it, it's great to finally see them reach that. And I'm hoping we get a lot of great more feuds coming with them. The Tag Team Division has been interesting on and off. And now we're out of To Infinity and Beyond as champions. Hopefully the next uh, next stretch of matches is really interesting matchups against PME. How do you guys feel about that outcome? Oh, dude, how could anybody not be happy for PME? Like, if you don't like PME, you're just a jerk. There's something wrong with them. <laughs> like, there's... Man, I'm real happy for those dudes. They, If anybody deserves it, they do. And I, I think it would be cool for as much as there are really good tag teams in AIW, and there's a bunch of teams that they can work with in AIW, I would also like to see cool shit like bringing in, like, kind of legendary tag teams and having them defend against those guys. I'd like to see PME have these belts for a fucking real long time. Like a super long run. Hell yeah, man. I'm ready for PME versus the Godwins. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for like PME versus Rock and Roll Express. The headbangers. Yeah, the headbangers are still taking bookings. Kane and X Pac. Ed. Dude, I I got like so much heat on Twitter.com one time because it was a uh, who do you think of when you see this? And it was like the Federation tag belts. And I wasn't even fucking around. The first team I think of is Kane and X-Pac. And everybody, like, gave me shit. <laughs> Somebody's like, the Brain Busters. And I said, fuck you. Nobody thinks of Arn Anderson and Tolly Blanchard. Nobody, like, they were there for, like, a year. Stop it. Kane and X-Pac. <laughs> they weren't even a tag team for that long. Kane and X-Pac? <laughs> yeah. Legendary run, though, man. He got Kane to say his first words. And they suck it. <laughs> we're a team for, like, two months. <laughs> had that awesome match with Undertaker and Big Show wow. did, did Kane have green shit on his gear then I don't remember no man but that was like early message board days and that was the rumor constantly is like they have this green gear ready for Kane to join DX <laughs> all the photoshop pictures of it yeah yeah glad they didn't do that <laughs> I got a friend from Chicago that swears that green Kane is a thing it's never was a thing <laughs> We all wanted it to be a thing. It never was. How crazy that the green cane wasn't a thing, but cape cane was a thing. Dude, cape cane needed to stay. Like, that's, I didn't know that existed until a couple years ago, and then I got instantly pissed off. Imagine Kane ripping that cell door off, debuting with that big old cape on. <laughs> Hiding behind it like JP and Grandma's boy. <laughs> like, how about legit just a couple of years ago, I found out that in the time I wasn't watching wrestling, there was that weird shit where Kane had that welder's helmet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then underneath it was the uh, fruit roll-up mask. <laughs> yeah. His, his finish was smothering you with his glove hand. <laughs> A very That's... weird time for Kane. <laughs> we, should, we really shouldn't kink shame him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, going back to the car, we had another great match up next. Uh, another match of the night for me, and I, I, I can contender for a match of the year. We had Josh Bishop with Wes Barkley, and then all of a sudden we hear Pantera walk. Okay, cool, cool. And then out comes Bill Alfonso. Place goes fucking nuts. At this point, that's the second surprise of the night, not counting Thorne. 
fucking place went nuts, and then out comes Matt Justice, like usual, comes running full force at Stacy, like always, and there's also we gotta remember this match was false count anyway, and this match was fucking nuts. I, I said I absolutely love it. How did you guys feel about this match? My, my boy Maserati West taking the balcony dive this time. That's terrifying. With no no tables or no doors, he had to hope that people was going to catch him. Yeah, and that's a rough thing because a lot of people don't like Maserati West. <laughs> he's lucky. He's lucky they were all like humanitarians that didn't want to see a human being die. I think he would have been better if George, Joe Norris was there. Like, I think if you had him oh, down Joe could have caught him. Yeah, Joe, Joe could have caught him. <laughs> like, now you have like a bunch of other people. It's like, oh, shit. Am I going to still fall to the ground? <laughs> what about uh, Matt Justice with that ladder just popping up out of nowhere? That was fun. <laughs> I like when the ladder moved on its own. Yeah. <laughs> going to start a show with Nick Puppet Gage and Matt <laughs> Justice's puppet ladder. <laughs> Slap some googly eyes on that bitch. We're ready to go. <laughs> like we're making light of it but those two beat the shit out of each other fuck dude. yeah they did wow Matt to the it was real year. good i don't know if like matt justice loves us or hates himself but either way he puts himself through a lot you know what i mean yeah man and after the week he had had of having his shit stolen and then you know people kind of doing the gofundme jonah putting the gofundme together and, and getting gear and merch back for him and stuff it was really fucking cool for him to kind of get to cap that that shit thing off with him winning the title again with Bill Alfonso as his manager. Yeah. His fucking rules. And then, like, one thing I did before the show is I bought, like, both of his, well, both shirts that he had there in my size, and then I gave him an extra 40. I'm just like, I never really bought anything from you. Normally, I'm way behind on it. I didn't get to give to the GoFundMe. I'm like, here, just just take it, man. Because I, I kind of appreciate, like, watching someone for all for all that long. And when that shit happens, it was, you know, our time to give back. Now I think they need to start a GoFundMe to pay uh, for Fonzie to be around all the time. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah. I asked, uh, I, during the match, I tweeted uh, Joe Sposo of At Odds with Wrestling and asked him, because he's like, he went to ECW arena shows and stuff, like, going up and right. So uh, I asked him, how, do, how did you get used, like, <laughs> to this whistle? And he said, ah, oh, you get used to it after about two to three years. <laughs> yeah, the whistle's loud. It was it was still so much fun though. And I, here here's the fun fact about this. Um Charlie, do you wanna do you wanna talk about the whole Bill Alfonso thing that we talked about on the way to Black Label? Uh I mean we can. Like I, I guess like he uh was talking to somebody that was in the area and he said that he was going to be in cleveland so like we we got a heads up and then he deleted it like not long after that but like somebody that is friends with him on facebook saw this and told me about it and so we kind of like knew that it was coming so we had guesses as to who he was going to manage and it was either between manser or justice so and justice was absolutely fucking perfect yeah Oh, yeah, if anybody at AIW should have an ECW manager as their manager, it's Matt fucking Justice. It's basically like if I were working in AIW and they brought in Boogeyman and they, like, tried to book him in a match against somebody else. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. be pretty, I think it's the same situation where Matt was like, if Bill Alfonso's coming in, like, definitely manager. But, yeah, I think I think it should be at every show. Definitely. If there's a way to afford Absolutely. Bill Alfonso for every show for Matt, it should just he should be Matt's manager now. Yep. Even if it's for just, like, a small run like Robert Fuller was, you know? Yeah. Like, just keeping around from, like, the, all the shows now until, like, Hell on Earth, maybe. 
That would be perfect. That's like a perfect run. Three months. Yeah. Or maybe some of the bigger shows like Helena. Yeah, just like a special manager for him on big matches. I could take that too. What we're saying is we want Fonzie back. Yeah. Fonzie was great at the after party too. Yo, I was I was getting pretty pissed at Pat though. Because drunk Pat kept telling and reminding him to blow the whistle. And it was oh. right in front of us. And I was like, Pat, you got to quit doing this. you got to stop it. <laughs> I love Fonzie. Hate that whistle. At least you didn't do it too, too much during the show. No, man, it definitely wasn't. Like, it's it just hits different in person. Like, it never bothered me watching ECW, but... It, it bothered me all the time, but in person it wasn't bad. But I don't know if the combination of the whistle, uh, cock cutter... And the drunk girls, if I could have handled that, my head might have exploded. <laughs> Dude, can we talk about cock cutter for a second? <laughs> Do we Man, I don't know. So look, like I've done a lot of different substances in my life, but I'm pretty in tune to how they make you act. Um, that was either like a lot of cocaine and real drunk, or like he's got some psychosis going on, like. I watched that dude have like some like physical tics and like shit that like you either have from a lot of cocaine or or you maybe a little crazy, maybe maybe a little crazy, unsettling. <laughs> it was for a second. Towards the end dude. of the night, he just was jumbling words together that didn't make any sense. It was really that that was when it started being funny at that point. But uh, I like when he held his sign up upside down for <laughs> I don't know ten minutes. <laughs> Yo, that was perfect. Pat got a picture of it. Like that's <laughs> chef's kiss, baby. Mwah, perfect. He apologized to me though for, for for being ridiculous. So I guess that's something. Yeah, I don't want to judge him. I've been there, like not screaming about cutting people's cocks off, but <laughs> <laughs> the point just... where you know you're so annoying that you have to apologize to people around you. Well, like he was there with people, and they like saved him a seat, like right behind my girlfriend. He. Like, once he got to his seat, he just started yelling about other stuff, like, right in her ear. And it was really bad for a while. And then he just, like, stopped. Like, it was fine for a bit. And, like, I didn't hear him. He was fine. And then it was all the drunk girls. And then once they kind of calmed down a bit, he started back up again. But they were together at the beginning. And the very first match, when he was going so hard about the cock cutter match, them girls were, like trying to figure out what was going on, and then started chanting with him about it. It was a sight to behold. I wish I could have filmed it all just for, like, a mini documentary about this guy because uh, it could have won awards. And look, man, don't don't get me wrong. I like crazy. I hope he keeps showing up and being crazy. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, wow, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> was, like, was Like, I encourage it. As long as he doesn't, like, show up and kill people, I'm fucking great. <laughs> Was was Kenny Wang there? Oh man, no, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I saw him when we were waiting in line. I haven't seen him as much lately. Oh, when we, and we had I the talked Odeon. to him at intermission. Like I know he was at the hip hop show, but I didn't. I didn't. It was really crowded in there, man. Like there oh, were, yeah, yeah. There were people at that show that I didn't see until after the show was over. That's that's the thing about the Odeon that I kind of don't like. I feel like because it's so small. There's people that, I mean, maybe that I know that they're there, but, like, getting a chance to speak to them is next to impossible because there's, like, so many other people and so much other shit going on. We did get to take a really cool Danhausen photo, though. Yes. That was uh, that was really fun. And I got a new production picture that I realized I hadn't taken a production picture since last Absolution. And things have changed in that time. 
So did they Eiffel Tower you in that picture? No, I don't. I don't get Eiffel Tower. That's my favorite thing in the world. I love that people didn't know what that meant, and I, the first time I saw it, I was like, "That's hilarious!" And then apparently they never knew. I think there's still someone who doesn't know, and every time I see the picture, I giggle like a fucking child. Now nah, she's so they, good. She found out. They told her. Uh, <laughs> it was. A, it took a while, but they eventually let her know. Anyway, it was uh, Matt Justice won via DVD through the barbed wire board. So Matt Justice is your new AIW Intense Champion, and uh, again. Rightfully so for him. The feud with him and Josh was great. And now him champion again. Looking forward to see what's next. Next up was the main event of the evening. Filthy Tom Lawler versus Eddie Kingston for the AIW Absolute Championship. And uh, the thing that kind of like took me out of this match a little bit was because the previous match was so crazy. Our whole section, like there was a couple of chairs that broke or bent in half to where like we couldn't sit down because there would at least be somebody standing up. So we all stood for this this match. Wasn't as fun for me. And then I think maybe maybe there were people bitching about us standing, but we kind of had no choice at this point. No, because the one person that bitched the entire night that you guys were standing was Doan, and then he joined you guys up there ringside for the final match. He yeah. snuck his way up there. Sounds nothing like Fucking it. stalker. So... Because I, I actually alerted him to who was in the crowd behind us and to watch when uh yeah when we got to the end of the match <laughs> so yeah filthy tom Lawler but, yeah. versus uh eddie kingston not i think the match that like a lot of people were expecting but this was how, what was the percentage of it was chops oh man 465 65 percent i felt like it went on for a long time my girlfriend's like these matches his matches always go so long i'm like yeah but they're always really really good they're just slower paced and it i dig it i dig eddie's style for his matches but they build yes like it 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 builds to something it's not just chopping for the sake of chopping right i dug it i thought it was awesome i thought it was i don't know i'd probably put it in my top five matches of the year there was a ridiculous amount of sweat on tom lawler There, I have seen pictures, and I like I noticed it in the lights in person when the match was happening. Mm-hmm. But there are pictures where Eddie Kingston's hand is hitting Lawler's chest, and there's like a halo of sweat like in the air around them. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, very similar to at Sakimoto takes Cleveland of Sakimoto versus KTB. Yeah, yo, this match was fucking great, uh, and it was right up my alley as far as like. I know I like my hardcore wrestling and my like death matches. And I like my funny wrestling, but like as far as like wrestling, wrestling goes, this is it because this is like Kings Road style. This is like late '80s, early '90s, all Japan man. This is like Masawa Kobashi or Jumbo Saruta, and this is amazing. Loved every second of this. Heard some people call it boring. Uh, I can't say you're wrong, but I you're not right. Um, it's Smash was amazing. Like it was perfectly built. Uh, I I I love everything about this match, and this is definitely one, probably man. It's up there with Eric Stevens and Tom Lawler for me for like match of the year so far for AIW. Man, Tom Lawler has good fucking matches. Tom Lawler mm-hmm. might be good at wrestling. This is. <laughs> <laughs> You you might be onto something. I have a personal beef with him, but uh, it's but it's great at what he does. Listen, man, my lady friend really likes Tom Lawler, and it makes me uncomfortable. Okay, 
very into filthy. She was she was asking about him when we were when we were sitting at Good Company. Yeah, man. Just listen. All she knows about wrestling is she likes Tom Lawler and she thinks that Worldwide is the greatest. She's never seen him wrestle. She's <laughs> man. Shout out to Worldwide who is unfortunately missing from Abso. Yeah, man. I missed him. Worldwide would have been perfect in that match too because he wrestles like a giant Baba Jumbo Saruta hybrid. <laughs> God, this match was so good. So, so, so good. I think this is one of those matches where it's like, it is art because some people really loved it. Other people said it was boring and they just, because they didn't get it. Like, I feel like that's how you can kind of tell, like, wrestling can be an art form because this was, if you knew what to expect and kind of had an idea of what this meant, I felt like the whole match, like, just was really, really well done. And, uh, if you thought it was boring, you just, I mean, that's that's fine, but you just don't understand good wrestling. Man, here's my thing. I, it comes back around to, it's, I'm a broken record with this, but, like, wrestling is so diverse. Like, if you didn't like Eddie Kingston, Tom Lawler, I don't even know that that means that you don't know what good wrestling is. It just means that that's not your particular kind of wrestling, which is fine. Because yeah. there's a bunch of kinds of wrestling out there. And if you don't like a certain kind, super, go find the one you like and watch that. Uh, I I dug the match. I thought it was really fucking good. Uh, but I wouldn't shit on anybody who, like, didn't like it because it's not their taste in wrestling. I mean, for me, it's not that I didn't like it. I felt like the matches that came before it had such a just a higher energy. And it was that and it was a, a slower pace and that like they kind of like from where we were prior, it just felt off to me. But that that is the kind of match you get with Eddie Kingston. That is the kind of match you get with Filthy Tom Lawler. And I'll never be someone that will say, like, it sucks. It just, I prefer the, the, the two matches prior. The dangerous thing with a match like those two had, being that late in a card that was so long and so full mm-hmm. of, like, emotional ups and downs for a crowd, and to this crowd's uh, credit, they were still loud and involved in this match but because it does move a little slower it takes a little more time mm-hmm. there are periods where you're gonna hear the crowd be a little bit quiet and you have a danger of like if it's a tired crowd that that energy level will drop because of those those periods but it's not that the match is like not good at that point it's it's it should be that way during those times yeah. but like if that wasn't for the absolute title if that was just like lawler kingston in the middle of the card i think it might have felt a little bit different because the crowd would have still had a little bit more energy, but the crowd was still into them. Yeah. Like yeah. We, the, wa- we, uh, we watched it like a Japanese match. You know what I mean? Like it built like the match built and the crowd built with it. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just used to it. Cause like, that is my shit. It's like all Japan and the King's road style. So like, I don't, maybe I'm used to it, but I, I don't know. I loved everything about this match. I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. Yeah. They were able to walk that edge of, uh, of keeping it entertaining because like yeah like stacy said it's dangerous like people getting tired i was getting tired at that point but like i still like really enjoyed the match but like i could definitely feel like the crowd was getting to that point and like that whole card was so good from top to bottom like it was just banger after banger after banger after banger so just to get to that point yeah it was still really good but yeah i could see where some people might have you know fizzled and then it was Filthy Tom Lawler did retain via armbar. So I thought Eddie was going to win. 
I kind of thought we were going to get another title change. It actually, would, if if Eddie would have won, this would have been the second absolution in a row that all three belts that are currently active in AIW changed hands. And I don't know how often that has happened. So it, it didn't repeat. So we're thinking the night's over. Filthy Tom Lawler puts over Eddie Kingston on the mic and of well-deserved. We all love Eddie. And he basically started a chant of like, please don't go. Well, so here's the thing. When that started, the please don't go, I get that it was like the setup and the build up to that. But like, isn't what Eddie said that he wasn't going to retire till he won the AIW belt? So like, uh, yeah, of course he ain't fucking going anywhere. He didn't win the goddamn belt. Right. That's true. See, that, somebody got to ruin a moment. I know, man. <laughs> Buzzkill, motherfucker. <laughs> but we think like this is pretty much going to be the end of the night. Then Joey Janela's music hits. Everybody's looking around. Kind of got a little spoiled for me. But out comes what appeared to be Joey Janela. But as it turns around, it's Wes Barkley. And Joshua Bishop attacks both Eddie Kingston and Filthy Tom Lawler. Now, it got ruined for me because before Wes came out, Josh Bishop was right beside me. So I go, okay, damn it. It's not Janela, but fine. Here we go. How'd you guys feel? Yeah, I always always scan the crowd, like, when things are going on. So, like, I turn around and notice that he was standing there with his arms crossed watching. And I'm like, he's going to do something. He's, he's, He's not here just to watch. And, like, everybody had cleared out around him. So I'm like, okay, something's going to happen. And that's why I told you guys, because you had your back to it. I'm like, well... You need to watch so he doesn't, you know, tear you apart when he comes over the guardrail. That that ending though, that made Josh Bishop look like a fucking star. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, yeah, dude. Especially, I think what like put it right over the top was just leaving them laying to the point where they had to bring the house lights back, and then they're still just laying there as like people are filing out. Good stuff. I don't know why you'd want to make an enemy out of Tom Lawler and Eddie Kingston, but uh, I'm not here to question anything. I think uh, Josh knows what he's doing. Something I wouldn't do, but... He's ready to play with the big boys. Let him do it. How'd you feel about it, Stacey? Oh, man, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see Tom Lawler versus Josh Bishop. That is going to be amazing. I don't even... I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. I hope it's at Rager. I hope that shit goes down at Rager. That would be fantastic. Like, some no-rules shit at Rager between those two? Holy fuck. That would be fucking great. And, I mean, Eddie Kingston's going to want his at some point, too, I'm sure. Any more thoughts on... That match and the ending of Absolution. No, I thought it capped off the show great. Uh, this is probably the best Absolution I've ever been at. I would, I think, and I, what I think is amazing about that is it, there wasn't really anybody like, there were the surprises like Bunkhouse Buck and, and Bill Alfonso, but there wasn't like some big name brought in for it. Yeah. It was guys that have kind of been around AIW and it was stories that we've all been invested in for like 2019. Um, and I just thought it was cool. I thought it was really the best absolution I've ever been at. Fantastic. That's something that I, I kind of noticed during the show that this was the first absolution in a while that there wasn't some sort of big name brought in, whether it be someone in a match or a special meet and greet. It was just AIW. And granted, I should say, I mean, we did have, like you said, we did have, you know, Alfonso and Bunkhouse Buck, but they, nobody was named and announced prior. It wasn't the like when, when the first flyer came out for Absolution, it was Filthy Tom Lawler, not Arn Anderson, not Scott Hall, not anybody like that. It was just Lawler. And it's kind of cool that that many people came to the show and that many people bought it on Fight TV 
just for the card alone. I think that stands well and says a lot of great things about what's going on in Cleveland, Ohio with AIW. Absolutely. Any other final thoughts on Absolution as a whole? This, we'll start with Stacy. Uh, it was really cool to have the Goldsteins in for the show and oh, yeah. uh, to sit with them and watch the show. It was a lot of fun. Can't wait for them to come back for Hell on Earth. Uh, like I said, best Absolution I've been to. How about you, Charlie? Uh, nobody else wants a cock cutter match, but that guy, um, <laughs> man, you don't know that would, would you pay to see a man get his cock cut off? I don't know. I've never seen it before. <laughs> There's not a lot of things that I could say that about. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't make a sign and yell about it all day, but I'm <laughs> okay. Okay. The, okay. Look, um, man, if it happens, it happens. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, absolution. Uh, it was, uh, an awesome night, uh, stacked top to bottom. It was awesome. Everything was great. Uh, I still need to buy the replay on fight so I can watch it again. Um, but yeah, if you haven't yet do that, it's definitely worth the money. Um, yeah, I, I, it's growing on me. Like I, I didn't like the Odeon to begin with for certain reasons. And now it's really like, uh, I don't see AIW anywhere else. I think that's just home now for EIW. How about you, Ed? Did, did we lose Ed? Oh, hey. Uh, I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, just final thoughts. I uh, I hate the Duke. Um, <laughs> that's about it, man. Like, that was a great show. Uh, definitely one of the best Absolutions I've been to. It's right there with Absolution 10. But, uh, yeah, man, fuck the Duke. Love that Danhausen. Love that Danhausen. Fuck the Duke. Yeah. I love the show too. Like uh, kind of what's been said here, Absolution absolutely fucking kills it every year. One of the best shows of the year, and at this Absolution stands there with every other Absolution, and I, I would also put it up there with ten. And uh, it's great to have a place like this so close to us that brings in so many fun names and has so many great shows every year. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Start with Charlie. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Charlie Butters. That's C H A R L Y underscore Butters. And I also updated my Instagram to that. So, yeah. How about you, Ed? Uh, Pod Van Dam. We cover uh, the news of wrestling Twitter. Every Sunday that comes out. We got a voicemail line 209 Pod B Dam. Call in, leave some questions. We'll answer them on the air. Uh, go to Thrift Store Jobber's Twitter at TS Jobber. Buy that Bob Holly shirt. It's real badass. It's only a limited time thing. You don't want to miss that. And That's your rules. I will let Stacy plug the thing that we do. And Ed and I do a podcast inside of my super fantastic podcast uh, called uh, Super Chantastic, where we talk about Chris Chan. <laughs> Which is fucking amazing, and you need to listen to it. And by the time this comes out, we'll be like a week out from having episode two ready. Oh, so, thank God. Yeah, I gotta get notes. Oh, oh thank man. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it so much. Uh, episode one is up and available along with all the other episodes of normal, super fantastic stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, all that is on, you know, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Wherever you get a, a podcast from, you should be able to find Super Fantastic. And uh, Ed, tell them just a little bit about Chris Chan. Just like one good thing to like reel people in about Chris Chan. Okay, the, the thing everybody seems to be focusing on from that episode 
is that Christian Chandler's birth name isn't Christian Chandler, and it was Christopher Chandler, and they legally changed his name to Christian because an an animatronic talking bear at the mall when he was seven called him Christian instead of Christopher, and him and his family took this as a sign from God that they needed to change his name to Christian. And that's not the craziest thing we talk about in that episode. (laughs) Nope, it is not. Oh my god, it's so good. I can't recommend it enough. I love it. So yeah, super fantastic podcast. Download it now. Oh, and super uh, super fantastic podcast on Instagram and uh, super fantastic on Twitter. And of course, you can find myself at Heavyset three three zero. Much like you can find this show at Wrestling Chairs, Facebook dot com slash Wrestling Chairs, Twitter dot com slash Wrestling Chairs, and Instagram dot com slash Wrestling Chairs. Email if you so choose to desire Wrestling Chairs at Gmail dot com, and we still have the merch store over at What a Maneuver. Net. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Old School at the Movies, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, Road Home from Wrestling, Haunted Home Video, The IndieCast, Center Stage, Sobros Network, UXWA Today, Big Gold Bell Podcast, the co-host wrestling show, Spotlight Series, I Got Your Five Stars, and Not Ready for Primetime Wrestling. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, Powerslam.tv, use wrestling shares all one word and get your first month free, Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, Stay Tough, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if we forgot how to speak and we're trying to remember later. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Would you like you get a Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And they're all these but you came You're a fake boy, 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 you're a f